Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. This is the Balls Over the Top podcast. I'm your host, Michael Rock. And I'm your host, Brendan Collins, and we've got another amazing week of sports to talk about. we got a beefy one for you tonight. This is a, this is a full episode. Yeah, Buckle and, in. Uh, so uh, we, we're going to start with some world football news. We're just going to jump right into things. Maybe the biggest match, biggest match that doesn't directly uh, lead to any uh, silverware. Yeah. El Clasico this weekend. Yeah, it's a match of real, I mean, pretty much pride for everyone in Spain. It's a big deal. Yeah, uh, a big win. Big win for Real Madrid, 3-1. Uh, to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valverde scored in the fourth minute. Uh, Ansu Fati scored in the tenth. Uh, but then in the second half, Real kind of pulled away a little bit. Yeah, there was a penalty won by Sergio Ramos, uh, and then Modric at the end of the game snuck one past uh, Neto. So it's an interesting game. New managers facing off against one one other in this game. Yeah, and uh, you know we have two teams that are a little bit in turmoil right now. Real Madrid coming off a really brutal defeat this past week in the Champions League. They lost to Shakhtar three to two, and um, they needed to get back on track. Absolutely. And uh, so I think this win was huge, huge for Zidane's side. Definitely. Um, they uh, they're definitely going to need to continue their form and continue to you know also get back on track in the Champions League tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barcelona, on the other hand, they've kind of looked like a side without real identity. I mean, it's like okay, they have Lionel Messi, and that's about it. I they mean, have, I know they, they have, I know they have Griezmann, I know they have De Jong, I know they have what was that Sergio Dest? Sergio Dest, well, and you know. Ansu Fati's been phenomenal, uh, teenage, teenage sensation. But, I don't know, it just seems like they would need to rely on spectacular plays to score. It's They're not yeah. really able to... Um, we haven't seen their like dominance, they're just a, their uh, ability to impose their win on other teams. All they've, all they've had are flashy, link-up, spectacular plays. I mean, Ansu Fati's yeah, been electric. Ansu Fati's but... had some really impressive plays, but it just seems like they, uh, they need to... Get more consistent. Yeah. Have, you know, be more consistent on the ball. Be, be more consistent with their possession. And with a little bit more crisp with their passing. Yeah, definitely out their back line, too. Their back line needs to work on clearing the ball out. But honestly, the whole Spanish league seems to be a little bit of a jungle right now. It's been pretty hard to follow. Atletico Madrid has been pretty consistent. But other than that, there has been a lack of consistency from the top, the top clubs in in Spain. Yeah, no, it has it has been an interesting season. Moving into England, we had several interesting matchups. Yes, uh, Leicester City beat Arsenal one to nil, which is a little bit of a shock. Jamie Vardy scored a goal in the 80th minute, kind of late, mm-hmm. to give them the one nil lead, and then they held on to it, really sneaking away those points, which is big. Yeah. Leicester. You know, they had that collapse at the end of last season where they came into the restart in third place. They finished outside of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And now they need to prove themselves. They so, had a big win in the Europa League this past Thursday. But top six game, those are the points they tend to drop. And it was a big win. They they got the points they needed. Arsenal, on the other hand, still haven't really been all that impressive. Mikel Arteta, I think, has given them a little bit of stability. I think it was time for Arsene Wenger to, to move on and 
Mm-hmm. Arteta's, I think, been decent. I don't think he's the problem. I don't know what the problem is. They've, they've. I think it's some, some of the old guard. I think some of the old guard is be- beginning to become dead weight. Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely need to move on from Mesodozil. I think his little tantrum that he's throwing about playing time, which I get, he, I get, he wants playing time, and you know, when he's on the pitch, he's still relatively productive for the club and and occasionally for the country whenever he does. Play for Good. Germany? Yeah. At I this mean, point. You know, so I understand him wanting to prove he still has something left in the tank, especially when there are other people his age that are, are getting the playing time, and he's never really done anything to warrant it. I mean, I've never been his biggest fan, but no. I don't think he's bad. No, he's a good um, little gargoyle. Yeah. Uh, but but that Arsenal team, I mean, they, they spent money on big signings, both out wide, up the middle, mm-hmm. uh, in the midfield, you know, defensively, yeah. and it, they just kind of need to get their, their act together. Um, on the other end of it, uh, Southampton beat Everton, which, you know, two teams that have been in really good run of form lately. Mm-hmm. Everton, a lot of people, uh, had, you know, had them started to talk about them for maybe a top four finish with yeah. the way they've been playing, uh, especially with the midfield acquisitions. Yeah, the upgrades that they made. Yeah, the Alan, James Rodriguez, and DeCore really solidifying that midfield oh, there. Absolutely. Um, and then it's going to be an interesting... I mean, you have Richarlison still up top, still uh, still just as productive as he was last yeah, season. Absolutely. Bernard's out wide. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have a lot of talent on that squad. Yeah. And so it's a little bit of a surprise result. I know Southampton's been playing well. Yeah. They just came off of a good result against Chelsea. Never and, bet and against Danny Ings. Danny Ings is your boy. He's been doing well himself. But a um, little bit of a surprise result there. I think Everton's going to look to rebound. And Southampton wants to build on that. Yeah. They're sitting on the top third of the table right now, and, and they want to try and stay there. That would be a huge result. Even if we're not... Right now, not even talking, let's not even think European competition of any variety. Let's not think Europa League. Let's not think Champions League. But, you know, finishing even 7th, 6th, or 7th would be a big step up for that team. Massive for a club that's often considered a feeder club. I mean, we've seen a lot of talent come through there. We've talked about that before. Uh, We have another another couple games to talk about. Some draws that happened this past week. Yeah, as far as the big boys are concerned, there was a... uh, a real snooze fest of a game, you know, one of my favorite games to look forward to every year. Mm-hmm. Chelsea versus Manchester United. You know what's crazy? My mom watched this game. Really? Yeah. And she's like, soccer's boring. And I'm like, uh, come on. She chose the worst one to watch. Quite possibly. Um, uh, it's yeah. a shame because you would have thought it would be exciting. Pulisic was playing. And, and you know, two teams with a lot of talent, with a lot of defensive issues. So you would have thought there would be a lot of scoring opportunities, which there were. Yeah. There were a lot of scoring opportunities. A lot of, uh, I think, missed calls by the the officials. Uh, I think there should have been at least one Chelsea penalty kick. I mean, Harry um, Maguire's wrapping up of Cesar Azpilicueta on that free kick. Harry, Harry Maguire looked like he was of, training for the UFC. No, honestly, like. it was one of the best tackles I had seen all uh, all week. But that was yeah. only that was only because it was birds versus giants on Thursday night. Exactly. So, so, so you know, it's it's one of those things where I was pretty disappointed in that. Uh, Frank Lampard was as well. I will say though, Mendy looks like a much better goalkeeper. He looks very competent and capable. 
Well, to quote you, a well-placed chair would look like a much better goalkeeper than Keffa, but I stand by that. I agree. I've got I, I've got several beach chairs that I know could stop some shots. Mendy made a save on Marcus Rashford in the last ten minutes of that game. Yes, that was world class. Yes, it was the only time he was really pressed in to make a world class save, but he did it. Mm-hmm. And I could never say the same thing about Kepa. So I don't think Kepa he's already so. off to a better start. Yes, a major surprise. You know, but uh, that being said, Manchester United versus Chelsea ending in a draw is not a big surprise. No, but a major surprise upset was that Manchester City drew against West Ham. Yes. They went down early, 1-0. They did get back uh, in it with a Phil Foden second-half goal, but they weren't able to find the net again. Mm-hmm. Ended up 1-1. Pretty, pretty crazy result for a Manchester City team that just can't seem to get its act together. Yeah, I, you know, I wonder if the lack of uh, transfer window accessibility to them, uh, quote-unquote, has has really hurt the side because uh, it looks like they need new blood. They look stale, listless. Uh, I and I think I think it's been uh, it's been interesting to see Man City struggle because you know it's a lot of familiar faces and by large part they're mostly healthy. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that lineup. Whether or not they shake it up at the back. I mean, they're not conceding crazy amounts of goals. It seems like they're they're not scoring goals. Yeah. And, you know, you wonder if it's David Silva, who was the engine that made that team go for such a long time, mm-hmm. his departure, or or if it's Bernardo Silva just not being able to capture that maestro ability. You know, Kevin De Bruyne has been hobbled of late with some ankle and hamstring injuries that have kept him in limited minutes in a lot of these games, and he's arguably the best attacking midfielder in the world. Mm-hmm. So... There are a lot of things you can point to as to why they have not been creating these goals. Yeah. But then when you look at the payroll, when you look at the roster, yeah. when you look at the depth yeah. on that team, I, I mean, there's I, w- no I would say, I would say, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne no being hurt would matter if you didn't also then have Sergio Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, Sterling. You know, I mean, exactly. I mean, while it is exactly. while it is a big loss, Fernandez. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of a laundry list of names that extends far past, you know, most other Prem squads and most other teams in Europe. So seeing them struggle like this has been interesting. Um, got a little bit of Bundesliga news. Uh, in the Riverside Derby, we, we got Dortmund coming out ahead 3 nothing. Gio Reyna, again, looking awesome. The American over there. Uh, once again, Erling Holland putting on incredible disputes, out-muscling defenders to get the shot on target. Uh, really a, a great team effort. You know, I love having uh, love having good old Ralph on the back line. It's, uh, it, it was a great game. Yeah, we watched that game together, and Holland had some really fantastic displays showing speed and swiftness when he needed to, showing strength and power when he needed to, and then showing touch and class when he needed to. Oh, and yeah. Really such a fantastic and complete forward at such a young age. He's going to be exciting to watch both on the international and club scene to, for years to come. Mm-hmm. Curious to see, and I I know you hate to hear this, but... I Where do, he goes next. I, I do think he's going to find his way into the Premier League. Sooner, it, Premier League, if not Real Madrid or Barcelona. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. 
Uh, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but I think in the next three years. Yeah. We see that happening. Yeah, when he's but worth like 135, 135, million. Maybe 200, the way things are trending. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be crazy. We're going to be getting in a whole lot of blood money for that transfer eventually. But for now, we get to enjoy it and have fun. No, exactly. And he puts on a show, and that whole team does. It, they can be really frustrating at times when they're not connecting. I think a little bit of that is they, they really strive to be not only efficient with their offense but also dazzling mm-hmm. and occasionally that doesn't connect whether it's against a good defense or whether it's a day that they're just slightly off and not in sync with one another yeah we we do suffer sometimes from julian brandt syndrome and you know that's inevitable when you have julian brandt in your midfield but i think i think at the end of the day if you are creating so many chances you're still going to win more more games that you come away with. It might it might hurt you at the top flight. It might hurt you in Europe, you know, when the games are do or die. But for this Bundesliga season, I I, I feel pretty good. Well, and it's just about seeing if you guys, because you're the real you and you and Leipzig are the, are the real threats to maybe be able to unseat Bayern Bayern Munich. Yeah. At the top of this Bundesliga. So, speaking of Bayern, absolutely. Yeah. Like, stomped this weekend. Yeah, speaking of another uh, Dortmund product going on to another club, Lewandowski gets a hat trick for Bayern in the 5-0 win this week. Uh, Bayern have been absolutely rolling. Uh, When they've been winning, they've been winning big. They've had multiple games where they've scored uh, three-plus goals. Uh, They've had... They've had just an outstanding offense, and when you when you have pacey wingers that they have, and when you have Robert Lewandowski, who when he gets on the ball in the box is such a dangerous threat with his head, with his feet, either foot, from outside the box he can rip a shot. He's just a, he's a really complete goal scorer, and he is, he is a spectacle to watch. Um, seeing him play for a rival does does hurt does be does become a little frustrating but it it is uh it's still spectacular well and and this was a crazy game to watch you know i tracked frankfurt put up a a decent fight at the beginning but it just kind of got out of hand relatively i I say at the beginning you know first 10 15 minutes but you know they it's a team that that won this game this matchup last year the i tracked frankfurt took took a win against bayern Mm -hmm. and in a pretty devastating fashion last year. Yeah. One of the few games they dropped in the league. And so that's no, they're no scrub. They're, they're not a team, you know, they played in the Europa League football last season. They beat Bayern last season. They're no basement dwellers. Um, but Bayern has been just in a run of form that's absolutely devastating. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the talent disparity is there, mm-hmm. but their run of form has also been superb yeah I mean, in, the, in europe and the offensive prowess has just been on a on a whole nother level and you still have you know the defense that is more than competent so going over to italy we had a couple of interesting matchups this weekend uh, um inter milan my team beat genoa two to nil Hakimi was back in the lineup, which was exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three days after a positive COVID test, but found, it was found out to be a false positive. False positive, exactly. So he gets back so he right got away. back in the lineup right away. He was given you know clearance there. 
They've been looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. The the offense has been clicking. The defense has actually been starting to prevent some goals. They've been playing against the absolute top tier opponents in the Serie A. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know when those harder matchups come along. But but Lukaku has still been a monster. Absolutely. And uh, Martinez is looking well. good. And actually, not really. Christian Eriksen's really under fire, and his his place in the squad is actually up up for you know. Yeah, only because they do have plenty of talent to come behind him in their attacking midfield. Well, goals. and the games he's looked bad. It's looked bad because of lack of effort. Mm-hmm. And he's been a player whose effort and work you know Rates work rate have been had, questioned. Have been questioned. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people think you can kind of slack in this area, but this isn't the nineteen nineties. This isn't the you know. Yeah. This league is really... Looking uh, to be the top flight. I mean, you have exactly. Juventus making moves, bringing on Cristiano Ronaldo, but he's been out with COVID. Yeah, so they were barely able to hold on this week. They scored a, a second-half goal to salvage a, a 1-1 draw, and uh, that team without him really looks lost. And it's, you know... It's the problem with, I feel like, getting a megastar. If you have an absolute megastar in your lineup, Neymar on PSG, Messi on Barcelona, Ronaldo, we saw it on Madrid, and now we're seeing it with Juventus. When they're out of the lineup, we even saw this a little bit with Eden Hazard at Chelsea. Yeah. When they're out of the lineup, the team almost doesn't know what to do. Yeah, they almost have to start fresh. Um, I mean, losing losing a talent... Um, like Ronaldo, I mean, it isn't easy to replace, but by the same token, you've got other world-class strikers, other world-class wingers. You've been in European competitions before without him and with a very similar roster. So seeing uh, the struggles against not not top clubs in this area, against mid-table clubs, against bottom-of-the-table clubs, they've found their struggles. It's been quite interesting to see. Uh, another interesting thing in this area we saw was Napoli got a two to one win mm-hmm. uh, against Benevento, but the interesting part of that game was we actually saw two brothers swap goals. Yeah, uh, in the two one fun- finale, uh, the Insigni brothers, one on Napoli and one on Benevento, each scored a goal. Uh, it's just pretty neat to see. Yeah, it doesn't uh, happen know, too often. Big fan of Lorenzo Insigni. I'm not really all that familiar with his brother. No. But um, something cool. Yeah. Something, something fun to watch. I believe it's Roberto. I believe it's Roberto Insigni and Lorenzo yes, Insigni. Yes, correct. Uh, so, you know, something to keep an eye on. You normally don't see two brothers playing in the same league. That's not super common. No. Uh, let alone scoring in the same game. Yeah. So I mean, what, often in soccer, we don't even see brothers playing for the same national team. Exactly. So, you know, it's fun to watch there, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I wonder who his parent, their, who their parents were, uh, rooted for. Yeah. I wonder if they had, like, the combination jerseys. Yeah, the combos, right? Uh, or is that blasphemy over in your Oh, well, it might be. It might be for an Italian soccer I don't think they're rival. Who knows? The parents are probably rooting for whoever their home club is. Yeah, well, like whoever hosts Thanksgiving, I guess. Uh, we got another crazy scoreline coming out of the Eredivisie, the Dutch top flight football. Ajax put up a resounding victory, thirteen nothing over Triple V Vintlo. Uh It's a record for the Eredivisie. Uh, most goals scored in a uh, single match by a single team. Uh, you know, a hat trick 
multiple players with braces. Yeah, Lacina Traore had five goals. The the teenage uh, prodigy. Yes. You know he again all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm sure uh, PSG and Manchester City immediately handed blank checks to Ajax, yeah. saying uh, oh, whatever you want for him. Started selling a couple extra barrels. Uh, yeah, no, it was their teams are looking. They're scouting. They're looking to uh, acquire talent. The Redivis has been pretty pretty famous for developing talent we've seen a lot of players uh, i mean a lot of just world-class stars develop through ix so it's no, not surprising that they have quite a bit of talent but to put 13 goals up against a, another team in a league match is pretty insane i mean just think of the math of it that's like something along the lines of like a goal every i mean 15 goals would be a goal every six minutes yeah so you're in the ballpark of a goal every eight minutes ish, probably. I mean that's that's really impressive. Yeah, I mean even the the you know the team went down to ten men. Even so, that's you know ridiculous. So yeah, I mean it's definitely uh, it's 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 a goal every pretty much seven minutes. Yeah, I just, I just you calculate. You calculate. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's. It's great. It's crazy. Uh, it would have been cool to see that possibly in the uh, the Chelsea Man U game instead, but we we'll take it. We'll take it in their Redivies. Yeah, our, our last thing in uh, world football, all time great, maybe the greatest ever played the game. Yeah, uh, Pele turns eighty years old. Yes, I turned eighty years old this week. Yeah, three time um, World Cup winner. Yeah, really n- most dominant player of all time yep. help put the sport on the map yeah especially here um, playing help, for the new yeah, york cosmos uh, absolutely. and so he has been a uh, he's what he's what most americans think of when they think of soccer player exactly and when you, he's synonymous with just all-time greatness in the game absolutely and so give him a shout out happy birthday there happy birthday pele and uh you know get in the get in the hot tub enjoy your bubbly exactly you've earned it uh, going stateside, uh, in the MLS we had a couple of big games, and none bigger than the Philadelphia Union absolutely thrashing the Toronto FC 5-0 to this week behind a hat-trick from Sergio Santos. Yes. Really huge. The Union deliver when it matters most. Biggest game of the season. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, you know, the, it was pure dominance uh, in possession, in scoring chances. It could have easily been 7-0. to um, yeah, there. I mean, it, it, there were really, opportunities that got squandered. Yeah, the the union were toying with them. It seemed uh, there was never a point. You know, uh, uh, the union first got on the board, I believe, in the in the twenty seventh minute, mm-hmm. and so. And then after that, they just ran away with yeah, it. Yeah, before that, maybe it was in doubt. You know, you never know what's going to happen when there's no score yet. But wow, it, it has been a it it was an absolute drubbing. Mm-hmm. They take the top spot in the MLS. They have 41 points at the moment. They have a plus 22 goal differential. Which I believe the next highest in the league is somewhere around plus 13 or plus 15. So it's a pretty pretty significant margin there. Definitely. And so, you know, the season's really uh, in their hands. I mean, we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about that. There are three games left in the season. Yeah. Uh, with, with, With three games left in the season, the Union are in... They're, they have control of their own destiny as yep. far as getting their first piece of silverware, first trophy for the club. Absolutely. Um, it, it'd be exciting to see. You know, this is a this is a marquee season, especially with the transfer of Brendan Aronson being confirmed. Um, you know, to win not only in the transfer market, 
but then to also bring hardware home be an incredibly special season for this Philadelphia Union Club. We've been around um, a little over a decade now, so it'd be exciting to see, uh, you know, champion level success. It'd be uh, and be enticing. Um, LAFC won an El Tráfico. Carlos Vela uh, getting the second goal to secure that game. Uh, LA Galaxy still stumbling. But yeah, we've got three games left in the season. This is going to come down to a very close race. Obviously, Toronto FC has played very well with this. I mean, our division is going to be crazy. At yeah, the end I mean, there. the East is really gonna is obviously gonna look like end with the with the best record. I mean, they have the two best teams in the league right now. Maybe even the three best teams mm-hmm. if you include the Columbus Crew. Yeah, and so I mean, right now looking at, at the list. The top team in the West has 33 points, where the Union and Toronto are tied at 41 right now. Exactly. And then Columbus has 35, and then Orlando has 32. Yeah. And right, right behind, you know, Sporting Kansas City right now is the top team in the West. Yeah. So, coming into these last three games, it's, it's going to be tough. The Union need to keep this run of form going. They mm-hmm. can't take their foot off the gas pedal. No. They have a couple of tough games. I mean, they start off with a relatively easy one, knock on wood. They have the Chicago Fire, yeah. who have been pretty poor this season, pretty poor the last few seasons. Yeah. Hopefully, they, we can come away with a win there mm-hmm. and really solidify our, our place there. Try and give, get ourselves some distance from yeah, the 2 following spot. that, Following that, we do have a big matchup against Columbus. Uh, the Columbus crew, who are, again, the fourth best team in the MLS at the moment. And that's not going to be necessarily an easy one. You mm-hmm. know, just a little bit ago, they were the top team in the power rankings. We, Absolutely. We were trailing them for the best team in they the They were league. defensive stalwarts. And so it, we cannot count that game out. And, you know, and then we're finishing up the season with the New England Revolution, who are also not schlubs. No. Uh, they're pretty decent. I mean, we've got a win against them recently, but they've been in a very good run of form. They've looked very solidified since uh, refiguring their midfield a bit. Exactly. It, 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 we've got no schlubs really coming up at the end of the season. I mean, Chicago Fire's not the greatest team, but they're sound. They're not as sloppy as, uh, as some of the other uh, lower clubs in the MLS this year. Exactly. And so, meanwhile, Toronto has... A handful, you know, has plays both New York teams, mm-hmm. so they have the New York Red Bulls as well as the New York City FC, and then I believe they have Inter Miami mm-hmm. to, to finish that, up the is season. That the last one That's the last one there? that they have, and, and and I mean that is not an easy end of season schedule either. Both New York teams have played quite well. They've been in basically uh, dogfights to the end. It, they end it with the Red Bulls. They end it with the Red Bulls. They have Miami, Miami. Th- uh, the week before. The week it's the middle game. It's the yeah, second to last game. They go New York, Miami. It's the New penultimate York. game. Yeah, New York, Miami, New York. Got it. So the uh, it's definitely you know two tough schedules for both teams. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. You know, Columbus isn't out of the horse race either, even though they're a little bit behind right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this shakes. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be fascinating to see. Um, I'm really stoked for it. I'm excited for Brandon Aronson to finish his run with the Union. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the MLS Cup playoffs. I'm excited um, to see what the Union do with that million, that millions of dollars coming in. 
Yeah, exactly. With the money coming in from Brandon Aronson, and also if they end up winning a trophy, I think there's some prize money that comes with that and Absolutely. stuff. So, I'm I'm curious to see how all this goes. Should be a very exciting ending into the ending to the MLS season, and that all wraps up in the next two weeks. Last game of the season on November eighth. Yes, it, it's coming up quick. Um, we've got NBA news to talk about because we've got a a loose guideline of when we think the return might be. Well, it's still up in the air, so nothing's official yet. Everything still needs to be approved by the players, and we know that's not something to be just yeah, assumed. that's no easy task. But the owners, it looks like, are really targeting in, targeting in December 22nd start to the season for possibly starting starting like the calendar of the season and they were talking about even possibly having the first games being played even maybe on Christmas Day. Wow. Um, they're aiming for a 72 game season so trying to cut out a handful of the games mm-hmm. but it's going to be interesting. Again, they really they're going to need player approval on this. The season is going to be a little bit rushed because they're trying to get things wrapped up in time that the players could be still actively participating in full in the 2021 Olympic, the postponed 2020 Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo, assuming that they're still on. Which is really what might sell this for the players is that because it will finish in time for them to participate in in the Summer Games. Um, And... Another news coming out of this report from Sports Illustrated about the resume to play. They're looking to continue to incorporate the play-in tournament for these playoff series. You know, that could be really interesting. I do think it maybe cheapens the, depending on which way they do it, if they're bringing in, you know, the uh, expanded playoff fields to, Mm -hmm. to what degree might cheapen the NBA regular season a little bit more. And mm-hmm. the NBA regular season is already heavily under fire yes. for being not important. Yeah, well, with the maintenance game breaks and the and the workload management, you know, the NBA season has become a almost more like a chess match of which matchups matter, where does dropping points in the standings matter. You know, can you get away with only your top two stars instead of your top three stars for this matchup, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, the NBA, the NBA has become a a very heavily managed for the player's sake league. It's a it's a very very much around the superstars, and I and I think that this this playing tournament this year. I mean, it was interesting to see because we saw a Suns team, you know. Absolutely destroyed in the bubble, but then still miss it anyway for the for the playing games. So how much is it going to matter? How much relevancy will it hold? All these are really big questions that I'll still be left to see. Yeah, and so um, in other news in the NBA, Stan Van Gundy joined the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit surprised that he's honestly the first Van Gundy off the board. I honestly thought Jeff Van Gundy was going to get a head coaching job this offseason before Stan but Stan steps out of the broadcast booth and back to the sidelines mm-hmm. to coach Zion Williamson. Yeah. Which, I get it, he's a generational talent. It yeah. might honestly be Stan Van Gundy just wanting to maybe get his hands on that generational talent for the opportunity. I have no doubt that yeah. Zion Williamson was 
It's it's not a bad the whole uh, reason he came it's out. It's not a bad horse to hit your cart to. No, it's not even if he if he fails and if in a year and a half he quits or is fired, then he is back in the broadcast booth and for the next fifteen years gets to go. Well, you know, when I was coaching Zion. Yeah, exactly. So it's like getting the chance to coach Michael Jordan on the Bulls, even if you if you knew that the Bulls were going to suck the first two years that Jordan was on the team, but you could take that job, you'd still take that job Absolutely. to coach Michael Jordan. So, uh, you know, I think Zion might be one of those generational talents, and it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Stan, uh, so, yeah, Stan Van Gundy on the Pelicans. I like the deal. I think it was like a five-year deal. I'll have yeah. to double-check, but those deals mean nothing. Now. No. You know, the, the, it just means the buyout gets bigger, which mm-hmm. oh, is imaginary money that yeah. doesn't go against the cap. And yeah. Who cares? It's just an administrative cost. It matters very little. Um, we have another head coaching hire. Nate Bjorkson joins the Pacers. He is part of Nick Nurse's coaching coaching tree coaching family um it'll be interesting to see he's he's a young guy he doesn't he's got a he's got a bunch of uh experience in the g league um and it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see what these spacers do you know victor oladipo is a big name um wondering what his future is both this offseason going forward you know uh, a lot of a lot of changes could be coming to these nba franchises yeah, there's been rumors that Oladipo might be on the trade block. You know, he's going into the last year of his deal, wants a, uh, wants a big raise. Mm-hmm. Obviously deserves it in my mind, but also that major injury hasn't still fully recovered yet. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Bjork fan, so, you know, rooting for this guy. Uh, shares a name there. Gary, I'm, you're going to have to stop watching Mass Sayer, dude. You've been talking about Bjork constantly ever since that show came on. Whoa. Just because Victor Oladipo was on that show. <laughs> uh, Last it, thing is Pat Riley. Yeah. Pat Riley says he wants to try and run it back with this Heat team. Do you, Pat? Is that, oh, uh, really? You want to run back a team that went to the NBA Finals? Maybe, what, pick up a piece or two to see if you can maybe get you over the edge? Wow, that's not cliche at all, Pat uh, Riley. Oh, really, Pat Riley? You want to uh, take a team that had success and possibly add some pieces to have some more success the following season? Really, Pat? Wow, so innovative. Such a good idea, Pat Riley. Jeez. That's uh, why you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I guess he makes good decisions with, you know, his <laughs> his talent that he acquires. All right, now that we're done sarcastically reporting on the NBA, we can move on to the NHL, where we've got just a little quick bit of news. Uh, Penguins fire assistant GM Jason Carmanos and hire on Trevor Daly as an advisor. Trevor Daly freshly retired after 16 NHL seasons joins the Penguins front office as a uh, player operations advisor. But the moving on of the assistant GM, Jason Carmanos, is very interesting. Uh, A lot of Penguins fans have been questioning a lot of the moves coming out of the Penguins front office. They seem to um, make a lot of deals for aging players uh, and send away a lot of at least youth prospects for an aging team that doesn't look like they're going to have the most possibly competitive roster coming up in the upcoming seasons. It'll be very interesting to see how much 
how much longer this NHL front office stays together. Yeah, I mean, that whole team is built around Sidney Crosby, and he's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Evgeny Malkin's not getting any younger. No. There's big payroll tied into big talent in that team, and no offense to those guys. They've been good for many years, but and they have won cups for that team, mm-hmm. but you can't keep on relying on those no. guys. I mean, I, we, Time say makes this, fools of us all. we say this as Flyers fans who still have Jake Voracek and Claude Giroux in the lineup, but we've also, though, heavily invested in youth, yeah. heavily invested in, in developed draft talent, yeah. not just been continually trying to bet it on aging veterans and no. pricey free agent uh, no, our pipeline's or been stopped. trade deadline day acquisitions. Exactly. Yeah, you know, doing that season after season can really wear on you. Speaking of depth here in the NHL, the AHL has still not planned a resume date to match the possible December 4th resumption of the NHL. Uh, The AHL has also not resumed last season's uh, end of season since March. They have not played their Calder Cup playoffs. Um, So it's going to be really tough to see where, uh, where this AHL resumes, obviously, the AHL is critical in the development of, you know, uh, bottom fringe roster players that are really make or break um, when it comes to an NHL season. It's a long season. A guys get of, injured, guys exactly. go down. These guys, it's the ability to have your bottom rotation guys staying fresh, staying crisp, getting ice time and practice time and getting confidence up, rehabbing, all of the above. Mm-hmm. And so it's critical that they figure this out. I know that it's not going to be a, it's not going to be making money. It's going to be losing more money than usual yeah, because of the lack without of the fans. fans. But they've got to figure this out. Even if it's something that they adapt, even if it's a bubble system, mm-hmm. even if they merge teams together almost like they did with you know, even you know yeah. war, when the Steelers and Eagles yeah, joined, in even the, if they you just know. facilitate easier uh, broadcasting, something exactly something needs to happen to make this AHL you know season uh, resume, continue, catch up with next season. Um, and, and just one one bit of news: we got a bunch of the Seattle Krakens hiring on uh, front office members. It looks like this NHL expansion is going to be happening. Yeah, so soon. that'll be happening next year. Kraken's going to be an interesting team, interesting team name. Yep. Seattle's been dying for a hockey team, so we've th- heard. We'll see if they actually follow through. Vegas was a huge success with mm-hmm. that expansion, and uh, Seattle looks to try and build upon that. Yeah, and the and, expansion draft, I believe, worked worked out pretty well for pretty much everybody. Yeah. So uh, we have a couple of random things before we talk about Major League Baseball and the NFL, the two sports that are really, you know, in the midst of things mm-hmm. other than soccer. Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, dominating performance this weekend. Yep. Beating uh, Justin Gaethje. Yeah, gets a uh, gets a big submission with the triangle, right? Yeah, it tri- it's like a triangle armbar. It was a combination move that he he pulled off. Yeah, but uh, I it mean, was really he, a dominant showing. You well, know. he's you know he's he's an incredible wrestling talent. He's possibly one of the goats. I mean, you got him and John Jones, and and he uh, he retires from the sport allegedly. We know how. Yeah, we, we know, know how, how the contract combat sports. Works. We know how combat sports retirements go. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, they have basically no rights, so this is like their one move. That That's they their bargaining pull. move, and they deserve to get paid more. He's a major draw. Yeah. Dana White needs to take his ego out of the UFC. 
you know, there these there's too much money going into the USC for so many major fighters. You know, Poirier was was having a dispute, John Jones having a dispute, Conor McGregor having a dispute, Khabib having a dispute. All these people having disputes with the UFC, and the reason they can't fight is because they're getting paid what? John Jones is getting paid five hundred thousand dollars a fight? Are you kidding me? Yeah. John Jones should be getting paid three and a half, four million dollars a fight floor. When you're selling yeah. pay-per-views when you're out selling the pay-per-views wazoo. out the wazoo, when you have a deal with ESPN, yeah. when the UFC generates the money it does, and the reason it doesn't is because Dana White has his fat face and everything, yeah. uh, and it's his ego, yeah. and he thinks he's bigger than the whole thing, and can just shut these fighters down, because you know what? It's fine. The show will still go on. I'll put a good fight card together. And yeah. and it's and you know what? Dana, Dana White was necessary for the growth of the UFC. Mm-hmm. He turned the UFC into what it is today, and UFC fans, including myself, should be forever grateful for to Dana White for having done that. Yes. But he needs to remove himself yes. from the negotiations of what these fighters are paid because he is now preventing the fans from getting the most out of these these athletes when they have a short shelf life on their careers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's getting to a point where if this is going to become a constant move for fighters, especially championship-level fighters, when you have vacated belt fights you have to watch, which are never never as good as just a regular championship fight. I mean, it's always interesting to see you know, guys retiring, and you know, then there's opportunities for new blood. But by the same token, you want to see the champs fight. You want to see five rounds fight. You know, securing the belt, defending the belt. Exactly. New people winning the belt. That's part of the fight. I mean, that's why you have titles, is because then somebody holds it. Yeah. So Dana White needs to figure it out. He either needs to. Learn how to to negotiate and and honestly start paying these guys. They they deserved it. They've earned it. Yeah. Or they're fighting in a cage. Or recuse himself. Yeah. He just needs to be done. And you know. I and I don't I don't know if recusing himself is going to, you know, fix it totally. Um. And and he is you know he is a larger than life figure. He is kind of the Willy Wonka of of you know bum fights almost. It, it's it's a. He's put on like, a Kimbo Slice, is the Willy Wonka of bum fights. No, he's just the head Oompa Loompa. That's valid. Shamrock is the is the one with the deep voice. Anyway, we've got more oddball stuff to talk about. We got Lewis Hamilton winning his ninety second race in Formula One. Yeah, his ninety second Grand Prix with the Portuguese Grand Prix. Unbelievable, Lewis Hamilton. Dominant. Mm-hmm. No matter where he's driving, no matter what team he's with, he just seems to dominate. And mm-hmm. uh, really, really, you know, yeah. Not, I mean, more, not much else to say about no, it. No, you know, it, it further adds to his GOAT conversation. I mean, you can put him in any any machine and he'll put on a fantastic display. And it's it's really impressive to watch. You know, you don't you don't quite get the, uh, the level of, of dominance almost in in the states because uh, we're a little bit less familiar with it. It is more of a European competition, but it it's a spectacular display. I mean, winning ninety two competitions in a sixteen year career is an impressive feat. I mean, it would be an impressive feat in almost any sport, but in a sport that requires both uh, you know a level of uh, mechanical excellence in addition to driving excellence and and all the technique that goes into it. It's an absolute incredible display. 
We've got a little bit more news. We've got some golf to talk about. Yeah, we got the Masters coming out. Uh, coming up, I should say. Mm-hmm. Just the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Tiger and Phil, obviously the old guard coming into it. Tiger's really been a mess, so has Phil, honestly. But uh, And then we have the young guns coming in. Bryson DeChambeau's been hot of late. Uh, you know, Brooks Kepka, Jefferson. Mm-hmm. All, all those guys are, are really playing well right now. So Absolutely. it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Obviously, I'm a sucker for Tiger Woods. I'd like to see him at least in it beyond the first cuts and everything. Yeah. It always makes for a more compelling storyline when, when Tiger goes deep into a contest. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm excited for it, though. I don't watch a ton of golf, but I'm planning on watching this. I'll watch for the green jacket, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Major League Baseball, we've got World Series action. It's been a great series so far. Right now, the Dodgers are up three games to two in the series, it's it's been a wild one. Dodgers looked really good in Game Five, but man, Game Four had quite the interesting ending. Yeah, I mean, it, Game Four was unbelievable. Uh, Canley Jansen ends up being out there with a one-run lead, and uh, Brett Phillips comes through with a RBI single, and then to tie it up, and then a throwing error by the center fielder, and a fielding error by the catcher. Leads to the uh, leads to the Rays getting the win, and it was unbelievable. Um, Aros Arena makes it home after, after stumbling out on yeah, the third just baseline. absolutely losing a wheel, uh, just because you know the catcher doesn't get the ball. Will Smith doesn't fully secure the ball into his glove. Goes tries to go for a swipe tag without the ball, loses the ball behind him. Had plenty of time to do it because of the stumble, but just rushed it, panicked, and and all of a sudden you got Brett Phillips airplaning around, getting chased around getting by chased his teammates. Around by his teammates having a panic attack afterwards. Yeah, needing to get like help with the medics before he can go do interviews. Yeah, and then when he's in the interviews, he's looking like he's on the happiest drugs I've ever seen. Oh like, yeah, he was just on cloud nine. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. It made this series a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Then the Dodgers come out game five. Clayton Kershaw dominant. They get the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of shaking his postseason choking reputation. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been the long time knock on him that he doesn't show up in the postseason. That he, uh, I mean, he's been an outstanding, unbelievable regular season pitcher. His postseason performances, but, you know, they've left a bit to be desired. Um, but with the Dodgers bats, you almost question, well, like, where's the offense come from if if your pitcher struggles? But nonetheless, he's been lights out this series. He's been he's been very good this entire um, you know postseason so far. It'll be really interesting to see where Game Six takes us, and I'm really hoping for a Game Seven. I I I wish we get a Game Seven World Series World World Series finale. I just want an entertaining ending, even if game, even if it ends game six. Yeah, as long as game six is game. exciting. Yeah, yeah. true. Uh, we've got some, we've got plenty of NFL to talk about. It's been a crazy week. Yeah, uh, most notably, I mean, it started off for me. Odell Beckham Jr. leaves the game against the Bengals, and really the first drive after Baker Mayfield throws. Yet another interception. Yeah, a, a and, real bad one, too. Just straight to the defender. And uh, Odell gets hurt trying to chase down the defender, 
which good on him. He puts the effort in. You know, he's been knocked in the past for not showing effort. He's been knocked in the past for not running after the interceptor when the ball has been intercepted. So it's, you know... You you yell at him for that. He he, he shapes up his growth. game, shows growth in his character. You know he is getting up there, turning twenty eight next week. Odell Beckham, who is you know a young phenom of the league, suddenly getting closer to thirty than than you know you think. Yeah. And uh, this is going to be a big setback for him. Big setback for him, but big setback for this Browns offense that just a week or two ago we were talking about how they were rolling scoring 30 plus points in several games had a winning record we're going to be fighting for this with the Steelers to and the Ravens to win that division and it seems like the wheels have just fallen off the bus a little bit mm-hmm. I mean that you know they still have a very good defensive line Miles Garrett is still an animal they still have good offensive targets you know with Jarvis Landry being a, a, a incredible athletic wide receiver um but yeah, I mean, at this point now, the Browns' offense is noticeably reduced without Odell Beckham's presence. He's, I mean, he's a he's a phenom. He's a force. There's a reason why he was uh, he was so coveted um, by the Browns. So losing him is a big deal. Another big deal, a pretty big loss. Cowboys lose Andy Dalton. They lose their second string quarterback on an egregious. He was, he was murdered. Yeah, he was. I mean, it would, I, might as well have been attempted. Should have called the cops. Direct. I mean, it was a direct headshot on a sliding pl- play. And I, you know, I was I was reading online. I went into the Twitter comments, which I don't know why I did this to myself, but people were calling him soft, calling him stupid. Listen, the quarterback is sliding on third down before the down line. You let him go down. All right. You don't. You don't. You don't need to take a shot at him. It's third down. He's sliding before the first down. Just let him go down and let him punt. Taking him out with an egregious headshot on a sliding player definitely deserves to get ejected. The fact that he wasn't suspended, I believe, is surprising. But maybe then again, after, you know, Tredavian Clowney's hit last year in the playoffs against Carson Wentz, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Maybe their reputation... No, I mean, uh, just... It's incredible, you know, the effort that they go to to protect quarterbacks, and then you see this happen, and nothing happens. Yeah, and, and you know, it was a game that was already out of hand. It mm-hmm. was totally unnecessary in every regard. I don't know if anybody here missed the game or, or if you hadn't watched the game, but the score was like 22-3. to 3. It was late in the third quarter. It was third down and 10, and the Cowboys were on their own, like, within their own five. I think they were on, like, their own three or their own two. So they were backed up against their... They were going to have to punt. Mm. Third and ten, Andy Dalton, who's not a mobile threat, tucks down the ball, starts running, and is not even close to the first down. No, six yards I think yards he gained away. like six yards, maybe gained five yards. Maybe. And goes into the slide and is uh, just so ruthlessly hit. And, and it was really... It was honestly a little traumatizing to watch. I mean... His helmet went flying like off screen practically. Mm-hmm. He laid there motionless. He lost control of the ball and he didn't move. They brought the cart out. I it, was worried he, for his health. He did walk off though once they once they got him once they got him up. He did walk off eventually when he was going into the locker room. But boy, was that was that brutal. I was, it was a nasty hit. It was a nasty shot. 
It doesn't belong in the NFL. It should no. be getting rid of. And that, that whole Cowboys team is really, though, a mess right now. I mean, the defense is historically bad. Absolutely. And their defensive coordinator um, rubs hot sauce in his eyes during a post-game press conference. Yeah, that's really a funny one to watch. I mean, really really adding the insult to the injury, and also injury, yeah, because he had, he's he blind to one eye. He, goes, he, he literally touches his eye and then starts, like, freaking out because he had Tabasco on his fingers. Which, how he got Tabasco? What's your? What are your priorities? Priorities at, dude? Your team has one win. You've allowed a historic, literally a historic amount of points on defense every week the whole season, and yet somehow, in between the end of the game and your press conference, you got Tabasco on your fingers. That was your top priority. You're like, oh boy, oh why? Let me get some hot sauce. Well, I better not do this press conference on an empty stomach. Uh. Gotta, gotta go face the media. Can't do it. Can't do it hungry. Like, wow. What a joke that team is. God. And they're a laughing stock at this point. Yeah. And it really is silly nonsense. And now that they're down to their third string quarterback and they're facing a division rival next week, the real question is do they look outside and bring in another quarterback? I think they should. I think that they are in desperate need of a quarterback, whether it be via trade. Whether it be via free, free agency, agency. Um, I think that Cowboys are at an interesting crossroads. You know, if you end up with the first overall pick, what do you do with it? They, that's a real conversation at this point. I mean, you, you almost have to take Trevor Lawrence, and then you just kind of lick your wounds on losing Dak at this point, right? Or you franchise him and go for the trade, but... I don't know. This is a really tough situation. I, I wonder, do you get a reliable veteran quarterback? You know, there are Mitch Trubisky, I imagine, would be available. Tyrod Taylor, I imagine, would be available. Jacoby Brissett, I imagine, would be available. Mm-hmm. Is it worth trying to be competitive in this division? Mm-hmm. Or do you roll over, say our quarterback was maimed, say our defense is a joke, say a bunch of our players either opted out or are injured, and roll over and take the draft pick. At which point, yeah, maybe you could go get somebody, you know, I don't think Jerry Jones is progressive. I don't think this team is would be the team to do it. But does Colin Kaepernick get brought up? I mean, at this point, you know, you're down to your third-string quarterback and you compare him to what Colin Kaepernick does. And then you also think about the system that you run right now and who Dak Prescott is as a quarterback. And Colin Kaepernick could definitely succeed in the system. Um, you know, it's definitely a, a system that he would run. Um, you know, uh, Mike McCarthy's system wouldn't be, you know, a huge step away from um, his last systems here in the NFL. It would be really interesting to see. Uh but I think it. I think it's. You'd be really hard pressed to get Jerry Jones to make that phone call, and uh, I don't. I don't know if these Cowboys do it. But we do have some more quarterback news to talk about because Justin Herbert goes off. I mean, he's got a giant frame. Kid's a giant body, six six, and there were points in the game where we saw him taken off down the field, and he looked like a prime athlete. This kid is exciting these uh los angeles chargers fans should be really excited about the quarterback that they picked up in this year's draft 
Yeah, I mean, he's been phenomenal. I have him in my fantasy football team. Mm-hmm. He's got a cannon of an arm, and he's just a highlight reel waiting to ha- a highlight reel waiting to happen. He's devastating on the play action. He can run the read option. He's a little bit. He's like a mobile version of Ben Roethlisberger with a better arm. He's like what I wish Carson Wentz had remained, but he he's a better thrower than Carson Wentz. It seems like mm-hmm. he's got a better deep ball. He's got a be- honestly, it seems like he's got a better medium and short ball too. He's just a better passer. Yeah. Um. He's young. He's a baby. They weren't even expecting to start him this season, and they kind of thrust him into action after their medical malpractice incident with Terod Taylor. Yeah, punctured and, lungs. And all of a sudden, they have themselves a franchise quarterback. Uh, the games that they've lost, it hasn't been his fault. No. He's been racking up yards. He's been racking up touchdowns. It seems like he's already a top-10 quarterback. Dare I even say possibly a top five quarterback? Possibly this season, he he very well could end up there, uh, which will be incredible. Uh, another quarterback that we have to talk about had a little stumble this week. Well, you know, a little stumble, but after blistering speeds. Yes. Uh, Danny Dimes, New York Giants. You know, in their Thursday night matchup against our Philadelphia Eagles, what a game, by the way. Eagles come back and win it in dramatic fashion, 22-21. Carson Wentz leaves an impressive leaves drive. an impressive comeback. Uh, throws an absolute gem to Boston Scott, of a, 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 a very short player, 5'8", and just drops it right over his shoulder, right off the opposing shoulder of a safety. But, uh, but earlier in that game, I believe it was, what, third quarter? Absolutely. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, runs a read option when the Giants are pinned deep in Eagle territory. And the entire defense bites hard. And Danny Dimes tucks it down, runs it, and it doesn't look, there's nobody on screen. Yeah. He starts pulling away from everybody. He clocks and, in at 22 miles an hour, which is the fastest quarterback speed since 2017. Which is when they started recording it. So no offense to Lamar Jackson, but that's faster than any run he has ever had in the NFL, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So This is Daniel Jones, the Daniel, new Eli face. Yeah, Daniel Jones tucks it down, books it, and he's in the clear. He's got nobody within 10 yards of him. He's got his, his teammates, teammates are celebrating. Brain. Exactly. They're cheering him on and all of a sudden he's looking around him to see if anybody's gaining on him they're not and he just eats shit he just starts stumbling he can't his feet his body gets ahead of his feet when he was looking around and i guess he started to slow down a little bit because he was tired and the momentum of his body moving forward and looking just carried him forward and he goes into a forward spin it's absolutely epic to watch now Fortunately for him and the Giants, unfortunately for us, but it doesn't matter because we ended up winning. They do end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eagles' defense looks the Eagles' defense looks like they're going to, you know, hunker down and stop the Giants. But then there was a little bit of a bogus bang bang pass interference play called in the end zone. Giants get the automatic first down, finish the drive very shortly after that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but what a play! Pretty funny to watch. Very funny to definitely, watch. Definitely, uh, definitely added some entertainment. But on it, 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 while it was a joke, and it, it, and you know, we we do. Uh, he looked kind of goofy. It was also a great play. Yeah. What, how often you, you do quarterbacks pull off eighty-yard runs? And he also hit twenty-two miles per hour. He was the fastest player on the field at that point. Yeah, incredible. So, good for him. We uh, had, speaking of fastest player yeah, on the field at a point. Uh, in the Sunday night game, uh, the Cardinals and the Seahawks faced off. Great game. Mm-hmm. Cardinals end up coming from behind, getting the win in overtime, absolutely destroying a parlay of mine and really making me bummed out. But I digress. 
at one point, uh, Russell Wilson throws an interception in the end zone in the first half, uh, about two yards into the end zone, and Buda Baker catches it, reads the play perfectly, undercuts the receiver, and he is off to the races. Yeah. It looks like nobody's going to catch him. Absolutely. He looks like he's uh, he's free to the wind, but then all of a sudden, the pr- the prospect... the Like a gazelle just sprinting through the desert. DK Metcalf just books it across the field, really makes up a good distance of about 10, 15 yards deficit. Unbelievable and just display of athleticism. And, and makes the tackle uh, at about the 11-yard line. What proceeds to happen is the Cardinals then proceed to go four and out. So it ends up saving a touchdown entirely, getting the Seahawks the ball back mm-hmm. and keeping points off the board on what would have otherwise, if it weren't for his effort play and his, again, incredible, just incredible display of athleticism, there would have been a touchdown on the board. Yeah. And um, that game might not have even gone to OT. Exactly. It, you know, kept it kept it very close. We had a very interesting game this week. It was a battle of undefeateds. Yeah, it was actually uh, the first time, I believe they said, like, it was either ever or since, like, 18-something. Yeah, 18-dickety-two. Like, yeah, where uh, when two undefeated teams played each other after week seven. So, first time since the merger, at the very least, but pretty rare. And so the Steelers and the Titans playing each other. You know, I might have been wrong on that stat. I don't, either way. I, I, I think it's like the first time since week seven or later for the first time in like over 30 years or something. I mean, something ridiculous, yeah. I could be wrong on that, the exact thing there. But Steelers and Titans played each other, battle of undefeated teams. And honestly, this game ended up being really close. It was very interesting. Um, you know, Dark Henry put on another good performance on the ground yeah the, well the Steelers started out looking absolutely dominant I mean they were they were a big I believe at one point it was like 24 to 3 and then all of the sudden the Titans started storming back yeah and they end up getting within three points and Steven Gostowski misses a field goal by really the thinnest of margins ends up securing the win for the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. yeah quite the game yeah really exciting yeah Steelers uh, end up. Are they now the only undefeated team left in the in the NFL? They're it. And so, uh, really, a team that I don't think was on a lot of people's radars coming into this season is absolutely rolling. Not really that surprising though. Roethlisberger seems like still has it. They have a ton of weapons on that offense with absolutely. Claypool, Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, Washington. Yeah. Um, James John John Connor, no, James yeah, Connor. James Connor. Um, so they're they're and their defense has been pretty dominant as well with Watt, Burdupi. Yeah. Uh, they're they're a force to be reckoned with. I do not think, obviously, I, they're they're. I don't think they're running the table. I honestly don't think they win that division. Mm. I think the I think the Ravens end up coming back and winning that division. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. It's going to be an exciting thing to watch. It will be. That'll be a very closely contested division and another team that is in their own right in a almost historic level the new york jets are still winless Mm -hmm. really really incredibly bad uh they've been allowing historic amount of points they've been scoring historically low amount of points they really are in every facet a joke yeah they don't have anything i really think to build on I do not think Sam Darnold is the answer, despite them having spent an early draft pick on him. And they the long li- add him to the long list of quarterbacks that the Jets draft early and don't pan out. 
I do not think Adam Gase is an NFL quarterback. I or just NFL don't coach, think. You mean? Or, or, sorry, NFL coach. Yeah, not quarterback. Uh, Probably not that either. But well, yeah. Uh, so I, I really don't know what they have to hang their hat on. They get rid of Le'Veon Bell, who we've yet see yet to see really make any form of an impact with the Chiefs. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, it'll it'll take time. It'll definitely be interesting to see. I mean, I besides, could, I could besides see Will that Becton, go in sixteen. Yeah, besides Will Beckton, the the entire organization is pretty much filled with faceless players who probably wouldn't start for any other team. I will say they they actually did look pretty decent against the Bills this week. I believe they went to halftime with a ten to nine lead. Yeah, and so. You know, that's a big deal for them. You don't know if that's, though, the Bills really having the wheels fall off there. The Bills took two consecutive losses yeah. and really did not look very impressive against the Jets. True. And I mean, so it was a rough start, be... but they they came out and won it in the end, and that's what matters. That is what matters. So uh, with that, I think we have hit just about everything on our agenda for this week. Yeah, that about wraps it up for us here at the Balls Over the Top podcast. As always, we are available on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Spotify and Anchor.fm. You can also check out our social medias uh, on Instagram and Twitter at BOTT Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Yeah. We appreciate you guys stopping by. Yeah. We have an exciting thing. We're not ready, sure it's ready to launch. It wasn't ready to launch for this week, but starting next week or coming up, you should be able to be able to call in. Yeah, we're going uh, to we're we're try recording. and get call we will, in. We will start announcing uh, ahead of time when our recording times will be. And anybody who wants to, or you can arrange it with us via commenting on our social medias. You can get in touch with us there. But we're going to be able to incorporate live phone calls from guests, whether it be for interviews, questions, or just having them in for a segment if they want to discuss any particular area or facet of sports or matchups. So... Uh, definitely exciting there. And as always, we're going to be a broken record here, but we still have stickers available. I know it's unbelievable. Great logo. Why wouldn't you want to put our handsome mugs on, who knows, maybe your mug. Yeah. You know, put it anywhere. Yeah. So They're vinyl stickers. They're die cut. You can outside, inside, wherever. Yeah, hit us up, and we can we will get you one of those. We'll, we'll get it to you. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening, yeah. and we hope you have a great week yeah we will be with you on thursday for our nfl or posted probably shared on friday yes with our nfl picks and predictions for this upcoming weekend yes thank you everybody for joining us please tell a friend